We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're on the Blue Iron Network. We are brought to you by Brooklinen. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here as always with Jason Pat. We have a very special episode, the newest Blue Wire podcast, Spinsters, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins are joining us today. Uh, they've already had, I think, three or four episodes. I've listened to all of them, but the one that dropped just a few minutes before today. And uh, I'll say that I was on a cross-country road trip this past week. I went to Florida, and I drove there. And on the way home, I was explaining to my girlfriend that, uh, you know, we're going to have you guys on. Let's listen to these episodes she has no interest in basketball whatsoever, but she was pretty excited that it was going to be two women hosting a podcast. And when we were listening to it, she's like, wow, this podcast is like so much different than yours. It's like good. It's organized. It's interesting. It's funny. <laughs> and I totally agreed. Uh, we were listening to, we started off with the one on Magic Johnson in the 1992 All-Star Game, which was just a really terrific like narrative podcast. I was super impressed that Haley talked to Russ Granite for it. I'm like freaking out in the car like, oh my God, she got Russ Granite. Most people that aren't going to get too enthused about that, but I was very excited when I heard that. And I thought you just did a really great job of sort of like putting into perspective and giving a little history lesson about uh, that All-Star game and sort of how it relates to the All-Star game we just had in the middle of the global pandemic. So uh, I guess, first of all, I'll just start it off with you, Haley. I was just curious, like, sort of how that episode came together and uh, how the reporting for that piece went, because it was just, I thought it was really well done uh, altogether. Everything you just said is so kind. Thank you so much. And also shout out to your girlfriend, um, who I'm sure listens to every one of these podcasts as well of yours. Um, that episode... We were trying to think about the last time that a health crisis of this scale, COVID scale, which obviously it's impossible to compare things to COVID most of the time because this is it's a global pandemic. We we're trying to think of the last time that it have, had affected a sports league to this degree. 
And like I was looking up NBA players who have had polio. There's one. If any of your listeners or you guys can get it, um, Jordan's going to pay you nope. $500 of her money. Not mine. <laughs> no, it's nope. kidding. Moral prizes. But I was looking it up and I was thinking, actually, like there was another all-star game where it was the focal point. But of course, the contrast is it is and this was the the takeaway at the end of our history lesson um, going through there is that it is, it was smart. It was a good decision and it was really helpful to um, a a particular community to have the all-star game back then and to raise awareness, which is raising awareness is like, those are two words that sometimes mean nothing, but in the middle of um, the HIV epidemic in the nineties, raising awareness meant everything. There's, some of the doctors I talked to, you know, did um, these classes with kids and NBA players and the kids had these takeaways that were like, I'm going to tell my friends to not make fun of people with HIV. And so th- it is, you know, very important um, at that time. It was important what the NBA was doing in that the players union. Now, of course, my takeaway, Jordan's takeaway, there should not have been an all-star game. Um, what a profound waste and risk. Um, and how it happened, we just reached out to people who we thought, uh, were around at the time. I didn't understand at the beginning how much the players union had to do with the doctor's program. Even only my producer had heard of the doctor's program. I hadn't until I started doing some digging, uh, talking to Russ was amazing. Who was obviously like the NBA's side uh, of all of this. And yeah, it was it was honestly it was a lot of fun, especially talking to the doctors because they had some really great stories. Shared the ones that we could that we were allowed to go on the <laughs> podcast, but yeah, they had really wonderful stories. And it's cool to see like inside, you know, something that Jordan and I say all the time is like basketball reflects larger society. And that's another thing we're hoping to show mm-hmm. with this podcast. So, you know, it was a big learning moment for them. I think it was a huge learning moment for the country. It was really fun to report. And thank you so much for saying that about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listening to those doctors, which they haven't like, they hadn't like talked to each other in forever. And they were, they just seemed so like happy to be able to like talk to They're each other so again cute. about that whole experience. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was so fun. Uh, I guess relating that to what was this all-star game that did just happen that you talked about that probably should not have happened. There was a whole fiasco with uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid did not play. And now they're going to be out for like another couple couple game or a couple days through like the weekend. Uh, and we talk about the Bulls on this podcast. We are a Bulls podcast. The Bulls are supposed to play the Sixers on Thursday, uh, coming out of the All Star break, and they will not be uh, facing Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. So I guess lucky them. I guess because of this whole just nonsense and the whole thing with Embiid and Simmons was like the barber. I feel like that's there was. Who, there was it, there a Super Bowl thing with the barber too? I think with like the Chiefs, like some something with the and I think the Rockets too. I think the Rockets had like an issue with mm-hmm. their barber. Apparently, it's like these personal barbers are just like causing COVID fiascos <laughs> all over the place for these teams. Uh, so just just kind of crazy here. Um, I guess w- looking back at the also break with the Bulls as well. Zach Levine was there uh, was there for the Bulls. He was the one Bulls guy he didn't have the best of times his three-point contest uh performance was not that great i was expecting a bit more out of zach but 
Uh, and his all-star game performance, it was like the first time jitters, kind of normal stuff yeah. we, we always kind of see. Um, are you guys disappointed that Zach does not do the, the slam dunk contest anymore? Because he's like the, we talked to Casey Johnson, Bulls beat writer yesterday. He's like the elder statesman. He talked to some of those guys, like the three slam dunk, slam dunk contest contestants who are all like young guys that nobody really knew much about besides like maybe Obi Toppin. Are you guys bummed out that Zach does not do this anymore? Or do you think he's right to just kind of be like over it? Jordan, we can start with you. I think he's right to be over it. I think if you look at the dunk contest, quote unquote, dunk contest that we saw on Sunday, <laughs> he's probably like, okay, real happy I missed this one. <laughs> like, it, it's okay. We know Zach Levine can dunk. He's won it twice, right? And I think that's that's enough. And he's toting those trophies around. Everybody knows that he can dunk. And he's okay with that because... Yeah, a lot of people did not want to be associated with that dunk contest that happened at halftime of a all-star game that nobody wanted. So he was right to sit this one out. I also think regarding his um, performance otherwise, nobody really remembers anything about how you do in all-star, all-star weekend, like mm-hmm. besides, you know, the dunk contest. It's, it's the big accomplishment. The thing that people remember is making all-star so he's totally fine. Yeah, that's well said. I have like covered every All Star game for SB Nation, and pe- well, not in person, but just I was in person last year when it was in last Chicago, year. but just on the just on the computer. And people bring up things that happen. They'll be like, "Oh, remember when this person did this?" I'm like, "No, I have no idea." <laughs> so, I fully agree exactly. with that. Uh, also, listen. Just remember, D Rose not dancing. <laughs> D Rose not dancing was. Super funny back in the day. But, uh, also listen to your first episode where you guys talked about the things that bring you joy. And there was a Bulls mention in that episode. Jordan mentioned that Kobe White's curly hair brought her joy. So Kobe White, he's our guy. He started yes. a point guard for the Bulls this year. He's 20 years old. He's very young. Uh, you could see how young he was when he was drafted. And he had just the fantastic... Wow, bro, quote about Cam Johnson, I think, getting drafted in the lottery. That was his teammate at UNC. Uh, What do you like about Kobe White, Jordan? And uh, also, like, I would recommend Kobe White's Instagram. Kobe White's been rocking some cool sweatshirts uh, throughout the last couple months for breast cancer awareness, uh, Black History Month. He's been doing a lot of cool stuff. So uh, what do you like about Kobe? That is a great recommendation. I can't believe I'm not following him yet. Strictly for his hair care routine, I think it's a shame that he does not have this huge natural hair sponsor. And so if there's a petition out there to sign that for him, I'm on board. Um, I have loved him back at UNC. I think he is a great, great point guard. Um, It's sad that we don't get to see a lot of Bulls games (laughs) on nationally televised. But when he was a rookie... I think he, he's already making big leaps to only be 20 years old. I think as a Bulls franchise, you should be very excited that this is your starting point guard because I think he has a lot to bring besides great hair. He has a lot to bring on the court and the chemistry that he has with his teammates, I think is really unmatched. Uh, the other sort of Bulls tie-in from that episode is that you guys mentioned that our boy Tibbs Right, you joke. Oh, yeah. Tibbs was the Bulls coach, of course, during the last era where they were actually any good. 
Of course, it went down in flames. And then he went to Minnesota, made the playoffs with them, went down in flames again. Now he's on the Knicks. They're in position to make the playoffs. I'm just going to guess it's going to go down in flames. But you know what? We love Tibbs. We adore Tibbs. He cares about nothing but basketball. So you guys brought up the quote he had. I believe he was the head coach at Salem State when he said, I don't have time for a wife. I am married to basketball. Uh, I just want to throw this out there. When Tibbs eventually gets canned by New York, because it just seems like this story ends the same way every time, how about Tibbs for The Bachelor? I feel like oh. Tibbs could be the perfect Bachelor. I don't know. Is he too old? I'm not sure. But like, oh, give me my Tibbs God. for What would his type even Harrison. be? What was his I would type watch, be? I would watch that, like inject that into my veins. I would watch every episode of that because that would be ridiculous. Can you imagine like the, what's the thing that they do when they're like, hey, can I borrow you for a minute? He's going to like. Yeah, yeah. He's going to get out the limo. Whoever like is is taking away his time the most, he's going to be like high usage, lots of minutes. Like this is exactly what I want. Do your job. (laughs) Oh my god! Of all the code, like the most hard to picture in an actual relationship, and I'm not saying he's incapable of being in a relationship. Of course not. Relationships are the foundation of everything, even if they're not romantic. I cannot fathom how he is in one. Which is maybe like kudos to the fact that he's like very all about his work life publicly and does not share things about his private life. Um, I guess maybe some of us have just been assuming it's because there is not much of a difference between the two, (laughs) but I genuinely can't imagine how he is in a a relationship. So I am fully behind that idea. I think that's wonderful. (laughs) But who are the, who do we taking them aside to watch film? Yeah. Yeah, Like he's got to have the, the ladies diagram of Spain pick and roll or something on their individual (laughs) dates. I feel like the, this idea writes itself. A group really date does. is like I support this. trying out def- defensive schemes. <laughs> oh, I Tibbs love yelling it. ice, the ice to a bunch of like women on on the court. Ice, ice, and they just have no idea what's happening. Making Lou oh, all day. This is great, Ricky. I love this idea. I love it. I love Ooh. it. I'm for it. So pitch good, it. Yeah. Pitch it. And yeah, I I, or, or he could just take over for Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison's out. Tibbs, Tibbs will take over and he'll just host the thing. That would also be hilarious. Yeah. Watching him just try to. No emotion. <laughs> <laughs> like, not excited about the dates at all. He's like, uh, here's love. Can we just watch basketball, please? Why are you guys even here? Like, just blows up every episode, every time. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, be great. Uh, uh, have um, you guys been. I guess back to the current. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ricky. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, if you guys been enjoying sort of this Knicks renaissance that's happening right now, like the greatest 500 team of all time, the Knicks, the Bulls are probably the greatest (laughs) team that's two games under 500 right now because everyone's really excited about the Bulls potentially getting back. Jason and I have been talking how we want nothing more than Bulls versus Knicks in the play-in tournament. Like Tibbs already treats every game like it's a game seven. And I feel like he would want nothing more than to just – beat the bull's ass and it would be fun for us to watch too i would really feel like there was no losers it's sort of a lifelong someone who's in a love-hate relationship with the bulls so just curious what, how you guys feel about yeah the absolutely and, uh, tips 
Uh, I feel I'm, I'm excited to see if this is sustainable. I like them. I like their offense. I like the effort that they give. I think there's a very uniquely, I mean, you guys will be able to actually identify with this a lot. It's really special when you can see a, a group of players who are inspired by tips. There's really nothing like it. Like I'm sure in high school, if you ever had that, like kind of extremely overly intense coach and you're like, Look, this is like JV basketball. I never play, you know, but they're like extremely intense about everything. It is very fun and it it genuinely looks like it's a good atmosphere for these young players who are also developing in front of our eyes and that's fun. That's that's rewarding to see as well. I'm trying to take out the context of everything that I know about how Thibodeau runs usually go, ending in injuries because of the minutes, the burnouts because of the minutes. And then also, like you said earlier, like this is a cycle. It doesn't usually end well for him. I think I wrote a piece one time. Yeah, it was actually as he got hired for the Knicks about how this cycle goes and the renewed hope and how they burn out and then it comes crashing down. I think it's necessary to forget all of that or to try to forget it as you're watching the season. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's like, enjoy the moment, you know? Don't think about the future. Don't try to plan. Just be present. And I think that's how... Tibbs is, is running every practice because he knows the inevitable is upon him. But a play-in game with the Bulls and the Knicks is must-watch TV in 2021. Like, that it would be so amazing. And like I talked about on the pod about why the Knicks bring me so much joy is because it is young guys – really realizing like I'm in the NBA like my dream is to play basketball professionally and I get to do that at 40 minutes a night <laughs> right now with my young legs like it just seems like they really bought into the system which is a joy to watch day in day out yeah and there's also that really fun stage of a team where the Bulls I think you guys are like verging on this but I almost feel like the Bulls fan base is like hesitant to fully say that this is what you are when you are a young team with obvious promise, but no expectations yet. That is such a mm -hmm. wonderful stage for a team to be in. I think of the Thunder last year. I think of the Hornets this year. I absolutely adore those teams. You can tell they're having such a great time. Would you guys say that that's where the Bulls are yet? I feel like Bulls fans are like, hey, we're good. And then like the next <laughs> second, they just like don't want to actually say good because it's like a jinx. <laughs> Yeah, you actually kind of just like transitioned into what we were going to talk about, like the Bulls being back. That's like a me a Bulls Twitter meme, like, oh, the Bulls are back. Shout out to our guy, Sean Hyken. Always loves tweeting about the Bulls being back. And for us, like this year, even though they're like not maybe good, like they're mediocre, but like for us, the Bulls are kind of back because they've just, they've been so shitty for the last, whatever, since Jimmy, they traded Jimmy Butler. So them just like having an all-star with Zach and then like having some other like decent players, like Thad Young, Kobe White's fun has fun moments and just like and having an actual head coach like we like to say the bulls are like i guess kind of back i know ricky a bit more skeptical on the bulls actually being back back but like they're kind of back for us ricky please i guess expand. my my sort of take on it was that the bulls are just pretty nationally irrelevant but we we're gonna ask you guys as people who like are you know view the league more nationally than we do just focusing on the bulls like you know what is sort of like the 
the national view of the Bulls in their current state? Because last year, of course, they had Jim Boylan. The Bulls were an absolute joke <laughs> under Jim Boylan. We were constantly yelling about how they needed to fire John Paxson and Gar Foreman. And they did do it, essentially. They got a new VP, uh, Arturis Karnaschovas. They got a new head coach. Jim Boylan, in case you're wondering, is currently an unpaid assistant at Toledo, unpaid defensive assistant. I just checked the numbers. Toledo is ranked number 160 in defensive efficiency in the country. So Jim Boylan's really earning his $0 paycheck. Yet another unpaid internship in sports. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. this is the only He's one i did the same thing with the blazers too <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah but like are the bulls back i'm just gonna ask you guys straight up are the bulls back what do you think it's interesting for me when fan bases of teams whose resting state is uh okay i'm in a bulls podcast who is not optimal it try to measure as something as intangible and mercurial as being good or back because it means something different to everyone. I think like on our latest episode of Spencer's, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We talk about Brad Stevens and the worry that the Celtics have had and like them coming off three conference finals in the last four years. A lot of Celtics fans were like, this is our year to really be back. You know, so it means something different for every team. So do you mean just in not being made fun of anymore? Do you mean in playoff eligible or just being spoken about in a neutral or positive way or relevant, I guess, is a, is a word you used earlier, is irrelevant. So is it relevancy then? Is that the factor? Yeah. That, that, whatever I kind of think you so. want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say the Bulls are for me when you're watching SportsCenter and you see a Zach Levine highlight and you're like, oh, yeah, they're actually playing pretty good. Like it's, that's that's where the Bulls are at right now, where it's like a reminder that they are a team. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah they are. A-team. Like those kids, you know, those kids down the street, they're, they're doing all right for themselves. You know, it's it's kind of that where you're still at a distance. But you have things like Zach becoming a all-star that brings it back into the conversation. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at the Bulls closely this second half of the season and saying like, okay, let's, you know, you were an all-star. Let's see how you finish your season. Let's see how you carry your team. And I think for you guys, the thing is that Zach Levine still cares. Like I just want him to still care, still want to put his team on his back because Last season, he was he was looking like you know waving the white flag that he was out. I can't so blame I him. him. I mean, no, I don't think anyone I on this podcast can. You know, yeah. I know. So having him buy in and say like I'm going to have this great year for my team is a is a good thing for you guys. So I'm I'm rooting for you. I'll say that it is a huge <laughs> step up to be. Um, not a team who's mentioned primarily because of your because your coach is doing ridiculous things and instead be a team where you go, huh, on sports center, like when you see the highlights, just like Jordan said. That's an enormous step up to be like, oh yeah, my only thought is that I haven't thought about them in a long time. That's kind of a step up from I think about them every day because this coach is doing something insane. That being said, I think it depends a lot on the rest of the season, obviously. I was like, wow, I'm just about to say the most obvious thing in the world. The rest of the Bulls' schedule, (laughs) I just looked when Jordan was talking, is hard. It's a difficult schedule. Even leading up to the trade deadline, it looks it's really 
pretty difficult. Um, and then the rest of the way out. However, the East is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty all over the place. Like it, it's I mean, if you look at it like <laughs> yeah. Boston is now fourth. They were out of the playoff running, which is probably the wrong phrasing. No one's out yet. Uh, two and a half weeks ago. It's it's open. It's going to be difficult, though. I think if you guys could, if the expectation or the highest, uh, if the goal here, I guess, is the play-in game, that'd be wonderful. Then, yes, you're absolutely back. Um, mm-hmm. Getting to a position where you have to be on nationally broadcasted games is absolutely back. It's also not so kind, have, it's kind of not fair. National TV games of the second half. <laughs> okay, wonderful. I was gonna say it's not really fair. I mean, what what's the Lowry situation? Like, do do you guys know when he's coming back? What about? And there's Otto. <sighs> like, yeah, Casey we, we, said. Yeah, I try. I honestly, sure I I ser- sincerely <laughs> tried to look it up before I came on today, and I couldn't find anything. Yeah, well, they haven't really said. They said that yeah. Markkinen was going to be out through the All-Star break, and there's been mm-hmm. no other updates since then. And Otto Porter, I mean, who knows? He's out drinking Kirkland Question champagne mark. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I saw um, yeah, Arturo refer to him yeah. as OP in an interview. Is that a thing? His nickname is OP? <sighs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard it. it. <laughs> Wasn't that yeah, a OPJ brand is like all I got, yeah. at like Walmart or something? O- OPI. That's what it was. Oh, and it was okay. like swimsuits. That makes oh sense God. for Auto Porter. Yeah. Walmart Auto Porter Walmart is the oldest 27-year-old in the world. As Jason has mentioned <laughs> yeah. before. Just like constantly hurt. I'm always shocked by how young he is. But he's good when he plays. And I remember him. I mean, I remember him is a college player, of course, at Georgetown. And mm-hmm. he was like the third pick in the draft. And he turned into like a really good three and D sidekick next to Beal and Wall. And when the Bulls traded for him, they traded great. Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis for him. I'm like, God, I cannot believe the Bulls actually did a smart thing. Like Garpax actually did something good for once. And then of course he's just been hurt. So hopefully he can get back on the floor. Uh, I know Kevin O'Connor reported the Bulls might buy him out. So I kind of find that hard to believe because if mm. the Bulls are trying to make the play-in tournament, like, give me Otto Porter. He's like a 6'9", 3 and D guy. Every team could use someone like that. And I know he said the Warriors would be interested. I would think a lot of teams would be interested in him if he is actually capable of playing and he can get fully healthy. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens to OP. And. Hmm. Say so he's making twenty nine million this year. I mean, the Bulls really. I know Blake Griffin just got a ridiculous amount bought out, but like, yeah, if the Bulls are trying to make the play and like they're going to buy out twenty eight million of Otto Porter, I I have no idea. But yeah, he's been uh, frustrating uh, just since they got him. Going back to he was great when they first got him, and then basically since then it's been rough. Uh, like I said, Lowry. Like I said, we had Casey on yesterday. He said maybe he'll start ramping up as they come out of the all-star break. So it is kind of, the bulls are in a, in a weird spot. Haley, you mentioned like the tough schedule. They kind of catch this break with the Sixers with no Embiid and Simmons, but then they got Miami on Friday night. And assuming like Jimmy plays and they're all healthy, like that's a tough game. They've been playing better. The Raptors look a lot better now. They got them on Sunday. They got like a West coast trip, I think coming up. So I'm just not, yeah, it kind of might depend or show like where they're going to go with this trade deadline. 
Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to pull those covers over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. So, Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They worked directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting, and they're so confident you will love their products, they even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than just sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. So go to brooklinen.com and use promo code CASH to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And enter promo code CASH to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code CASH at checkout. I guess like looking at that trade deadline, Thaddeus Young's name has come up. Thaddeus Young has been a revelation for the Chicago Bulls this season. Like out of nowhere... Uh, he's shooting like 60% from the field. He's become an assist man. I don't know if you guys know about Thadjik Johnson, Stacey King's nickname for Thadjik Johnson. Like, (laughs) yeah, he absolutely loves it. First of all, do you guys like that nickname? Do you think that works for Thaddeus? It's kind of weird just because like, I mean, he's just like, whatever, a 6'9 forward who passes. Like, I guess that's it. So like, what do you guys think of the Thadjik Johnson nickname for Thad Young? Yes. It's a yes for me. Yeah. You're in? Yes. I like it. I I love a good nickname. It's not OP, but it's creative. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Way way better than OP. So that's kind of a low bar, but I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, Stacy loves it, and Thad, like, I mean, he he gives us plenty of opportunities to use it because he's literally having like a career season at age 32, and that's like just brought up like just to the point of like where what do the Bulls want to do? What do they want to be like? Do they want to go to the play-in game maybe, or do they want to like still like build assets? So like uh, again, I think KOC I think also reported about about like the Bulls like are having like basically off limits. Uh, KC said yesterday kind of said the same thing like. Do you think the guys, the or I guess, what would you like want to get back in a trade for Thaddeus Sungler? Do you think the Bulls should trade Thaddeus Sungler? Do you think they should just roll with this? Roll with Thad, roll with Zach, and uh, just kind of see where we go with this. Uh, Haley, uh, what do you think? Don't don't trade him. If you're a franchise that recently has had a hard time coming by talent or relying on your front office to bring you that talent, keep it. Don't overthink this. Zach Levine loves that. He lo- they love playing together. They play so well together. I know a team that is perpetually rebuilding like this is dead set on the future, but you are very much thinking about the future when you maintain the present, even with someone his age. And I think I would not shake anything up. That just seems like a mistake. Even if you make a brilliant move, like you guys were talking about Otto Porter earlier, this is a guaranteed thing. I think it's very silly unless something really wonderful which comes along which won't come along the godfather offer yeah who knows yeah uh jordan what do you think yeah yeah keep rolling with it i think if it if it's if it isn't broke don't try to fix it you know like it's working he's having a career year why would you try to 
you know, kind of use that as a advantage to trade him. I think you should say, oh, he's having a career year on our team. Let's let's keep going. Um, so I I agree. Don't overthink it. Don't try to do too much. I hate like, when teams be, interrupt their momentum. Yeah. Like you're having a moment. We are seeing you in highlights. Let's let's keep that going. Let's not try to to ruin that right now. I, who was it? Um Bobby Marks, was that who said that uh, the league executives had unanimously said? Number two? Yeah. Behind Jordan, did you see that? Bobby Marks said that he asked a bunch of league executives who is their, I guess, who they're looking at the most besides Bradley Beal. Wasn't that the question? They said unanimously. It was. um, It was like, who could be the. Yeah. Trade candidates. Game changing, like trade candidates. And like, obviously, Beal. Even though Beal's not going anywhere, they has to yeah. be reported like every week that he's not going anywhere. But like besides Bradley Beal, like who's like the top like possible game changing trade piece? And it was Thaddeus Young, like out of nowhere, like because he was not very good last year. Jim Boylan screwing up everything again, and now like <laughs> under Billy Donovan, he's been just absolutely incredible, just a revelation again. So it's crazy. Do you guys ever try to work backwards with reporters like that who? Like they, it's like okay. I asked a group of of these GMs, and this is what they said. Like I'm like, Bobby, I've seen this group before, and they have a type. You know what I mean? I'm just like, <laughs> every reporter has this different group of their sources, and they always seem to have types. But I think this is a legitimate one. It is kind of funny that it is unanimous because, although I guess that speaks to what he could offer, um, which is mm-hmm. it, which is a, a broad range. So. Good for the Bulls. Again, the the yeah, consensus in, on this podcast is like, don't don't ruin it, right? Are you guys wanting to make don't a move at the trade deadline? I mean, we, if they – we want to make at least some type of move. It doesn't necessarily have to be like that. I mean, Otto, it could be Otto. Uh, I mean, we've talked about like Lonzo Ball for a, a lot of times as well, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen either. Like if, if someone puts like a really – I mean, I guess like AK should go out there and be like, give me two first round picks for that. Like, you talk about the Celtics who are kind of doing whatever. Like they have that trade exception. I always like to bring up the Celtics with that. I feel like they could really use them. Like go ask Danny Ainge for two first round picks. Of course, Danny Ainge will probably laugh in AK's face because Danny Ainge has to win all his trades. But uh, like, I mean, got the, with the trade market being what it is these days, and like I know Thad's not a superstar, but like trades have just been so like crazy with picks and pick swaps like going everywhere. Like. If you're going to put tr- uh, put that on the market, you might as well just like give me two firsts or like give me a really good first and like a really good young player. And if you don't get that, if it's just like a late crappy first round pick, then you probably don't move him and you just you let it you let it ride. Yeah. And, and I kind of wonder, like, if you're guys. Zach, are, is it going to alienate you if you're like, I'm having a great time. Yes. We're really building on yep. something. And then you traded him away. We've yeah. seen that happen in the past. Yeah. So. He's finally happy. Like, let him be happy. And he has somebody to roll with. And then you take that away, you're just you're ruining friendships at this point, and that's <laughs> not what I'm. I, I don't want that. Yeah. yeah, that's that is something we have talked about. Like because uh, Zach and Thad were in their like their Zoom, their like surprise Zoom for Zach after he made his first All Star. Like his, it was like his family. I think like Jamal Crawford was on it, his friends, and then there was Thad Young was also on it. So they're they're like, oh, clearly like just that. really close. Uh, so, and like Zach has never made the playoffs, so like. With the team in position, like if they do trade that young, does Zach get mad? And if you're looking at, I mean, Zach's future, which I was actually going to ask about this as well. So this is a good transition into Zach's future. Like, do you guys buy Zach like being like a legitimate total stud now, like 35 million max total guy? Do you think the Bulls should be all in on Zach Levine long term and and invested in long term? I think so. 
It's kind of the same thing for me as as even talking about this trade deadline. If it's hard for you to come by guys as a franchise, you should probably buy into the ones that you have. Mm-hmm. Even if you accept yeah. that it, that might have limitations, you should try to hold on to them. What yep. were you going to say, Jordan? Yeah, it, just like, you know, he is buying in. He seems like he's motivated. Like, keep keep that. Um, and if you have somebody, you know, it's a lot easier when you're on a team, even if you're frustrated, you buy into a system, you have a teammate that's like, you know what, we're going to change this program around. Like, we're going to go to the playoffs. We want to win. And having that be your motivation, that builds so much team chemistry, then people are going to want to come play with Zach Levine. And that's the goal. Um, I I think he's also looking out the rest of the NBA and seeing that everybody is teaming up. He would have to take a pay cut. He wouldn't be able to be the number one option for a lot of teams. So kind of leverage that and say – we want you to be our franchise player. We want you to be the number one option. So stay here. We'll give you the money. Then people can come and and build that team to, you know, so you guys can really, really be back. <laughs> yeah, there's like that question of, well, is he going to be good enough to be the Bulls' main guy? Yeah. Do you see an alternative yeah. in the future? Like, do you see another option? I, we've had this uh, the conversation like with the Jimmy going back to the Jimmy trade. They obviously got Zach in the Jimmy trade, so that's kind of worked. But like we didn't really like the Jimmy trade when it happened because they had a great player. Uh, I know the they weren't great at the time. Was the three alphas was a joke and it was stupid, and I hated that team a lot. Uh, but they, Jimmy was incredible, and like Jimmy made that team. But then they they go and they trade him, and it did not seem great at the time. Luckily, they do have Zach. Now they're kind of in the same spot. Like they didn't want to uh, pay Jimmy. Now, with Zach, do they want to pay Zach? You might as well just pay the guy and you have the good player and you try to build with him. It's like, Haley, I think you mentioned just like, don't worry about like he might have some limitations. And we've had the conversation a million times on this pod, Ricky. Like, is he like a number one or a 1B type? Like at this point, I mean, he's close to it. The stats he's putting up this year, I know this year, like the numbers are like ridiculous across the league with offense and like efficiency is like just crazy. But like, even if he like takes a small dip, like moving forward, uh, like his numbers are just so ridiculous this year. Even a small dip would just be really good. So like, you might as well. He's only what 25, 26, uh, coming into his prime. You pay him a ton of money, and if things don't work out, maybe then you trade him down the road. So it, it's you might as well like, keep your good players. Yeah, what Jordan said about him looking like he's bought in. I don't think we should underestimate either. This is like a basketball thing, and this is a life thing. How much better of an employee you are when you feel supported and like you what you want is fostered and. That is a possibility yeah. for him now, it seems. I mean, there's definitely been major changes in the Bulls organization. I would like to see where that goes. And, you know, following along with Jimmy, Miami should be proof to everybody that if a player seems like he can't be built around because of his personality. I almost said attitude, but I don't want to because I don't want to give that connotation. (laughs) Like, see what happens when you have good people around you. That makes a difference. It's essential in life, but Mm -hmm. also very much in basketball. And I feel like Zach Levine has the desire to be a superstar. Like, I feel like he really wants to be that. And it would be a different conversation if you're trying to make somebody who is, you know, okay to Andrew be Wiggins. this. <laughs> I, like I didn't say it. Yeah, I didn't no, say it. it but yeah, I, I'll say it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll say Andrew Wiggins. I mean, even Zach, like, I mean, look, I'm yeah. surprised. To, I, I'm not surprised. I'm. I want to hear what you guys think on this. But like, when I watch the Bulls, I see him try on defense. He, yeah. you know, he tries yeah, for sure. So that's a that's a great sign. For sure, I think his reputation was like as the worst defensive player in the league, and he's not that. He is probably still below average. But he's not like, if this guy's on your team, you're going to get crushed on defense every possession. So he's definitely improved. Mm -hmm. The one thing that's been dope about Zach is that he just gets better every year. Every single year of his career, he's gotten better. His numbers this year are legitimately insane. He's making 43% of his threes on like eight a game. He's making like almost 60% of his twos. And all of the advanced stats, if you look at like the the net ratings and the on-off stats, they're bad because he shares the starting lineup with a 19-year-old in Patrick Williams, a 20-year-old in Kobe White, and a 21-year-old in Wendell Carter. The Bulls are younger than the Wisconsin Badgers this year, which just tells you how young they are. But <laughs> then Thad Young comes in, and Thad Young starts dropping dimes, and he's 34, and he's like the old man on the team, but he's still got game. Uh, and when the rest of the bench comes in, and our boy Thomas Sadoransky, we're going to ask about that next. Uh, finally, the team plays a little bit more cohesively, and Zach doesn't feel like he has to take on the world on his shoulders. He can just sort of let the game come to him. And the other thing with Zach mm-hmm. is I feel like he's – you'll see this with, like, Kyrie Irving, too. He's, like, so sick at making the hardest shots possible. So when you're so good at making the toughest shots, you just want to take the toughest shots all the time. And what's been nice about having someone like Thad, who's a big man who can like play make sort of in that Draymond role where like when they trap the ball handler, you dump it off to him, Mm -hmm. you can make your life easier. Uh, Now he's finally getting some easier looks. Whereas before he's taken like, you know, 24 foot fadeaways late in the shot clock. It's like, you know, when those type of possessions break down, even though Zach missed a shot, it shouldn't always be on Zach's shoulder. So uh, we love Zach. We've decided we love Zach because he's really just been awesome this year. He's given the Bulls Where no Zach choice. stands now. Yeah, he's given the Bulls yeah. no choice but to be like, this guy rules. And, uh, yeah, I hope I hope yeah. they, they keep him and build around him. I did want to ask about the Thomas Sadoransky article you wrote for The Ringer back in the day, Haley. I think you were in an escape room with Thomas Sadoransky. I believe you drank Yeah, we did an escape room. You want to... Yep. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just, I was confirming. I was thinking about that escape room because it just popped up on my, I don't know if you guys have an iPhone, but the latest update, it's like, it shows you random pictures every day. And that one popped up and it was me, him, his brother and his wife. And, uh, yes, we escaped. And I remember right before, like he (laughs) could not find the bathroom for anything. And we were like waiting in the, um, in the lobby and like his wife needed the bathroom and they were trying to find it. And finally they found it. And he was like, they have puzzles in the waiting room for um, escape rooms that are like not, you know, they're like mind, mind puzzles. And he was like playing with one and he was like, man, we couldn't even find the bathroom. Like, I don't think we're going to escape that room. And like, I was just, I don't know if he's like confused on the concept or just like really nervous about it, but you guys know he's such a competitive guy. If you look at the bulls roster, it's pretty offensively focused, I think it's fair to say. And so it's really nice to have somebody who can come in there and kind of ground that, even though he's not ever going to be the flashiest player, the one who, you know, is is your even top three scorer. Uh, but it's really nice to have someone who gives that straight effort. When you were talking about that just now, 
with Thad being older. And I was thinking about like, man, if you guys <laughs> trade away him even – it's funny because then teams are like, okay, well, we just need like a veteran with experience to to balance out all these young guys. You know, yes, he's yeah. older and he's not going to be a part of the picture the next three, you know, three years from now. But what he is doing is very much shaping these young guys. And I hope it's the same with Sato. Have you guys enjoyed him so far? It's kind of impossible not to. We love him. He's awesome. Yeah, so like, last year was rough. I mean, last year was just rough in general. Again, the Jim yeah. Boylan experience just ruined basically everything about the Bulls. It ruined just like... Post game, watching like press conferences were terrible. We just make fun of them. Games itself were miserable. Uh, I feel like I mean, Thad hated life. Zach, there was memes of like Zach just like being pissed off at boiling all the time. And so Sato, like they they brought him, him and Thad. They were like their two big free uh, free agent acquisitions, whatever two season off seasons ago. And like we were we thought that was great. Like oh yeah, these like veteran guys like this should be awesome for this team. And then just the team was garbage because they had a dumb head coach and nothing fit together and it was all very stupid. This year we got Thad and Sato off the bench and they got Garrett Temple as another really solid veteran. And these mm-hmm. guys are like it's like these guys and Zach like really carrying this team. They get flashes from Kobe and Wendell and Lowry was shooting really well before he got hurt. But like when all these like veterans play together with Zach, like the Bulls are like legitimately like a really good team. Like Sato's just been. There's been a conversation actually and among some people like should the Bulls start Sato over Kobe White and like I think we're both fine with Kobe starting he's young let him just let him let him go here but like Sato's just been such a solid veteran presence off the bench just both ends of the floor great great uh chemistry with that they have like great just backdoor chemistry they're always dishing backdoor passes to each other it's awesome to watch it's just like that veteran bench has been huge for this team it just it has made all the difference compared to last season when they were just a mess basically both ends of the court it sucked yeah it's also probably nice for zach to play with grown-ups yeah if you think about like his entire career it's it's probably nice and and i'm gonna include the coaches he's had at various points in that statement (laughs) yeah i mean he's been through i think what yeah yeah he's been through i think what five or six coaches at this point like uh, I can't remember how many he's been through with like the Timberwolves and then with the Bulls. He was with Fred and then with Boylan and now with Billy. And Billy's just, I mean, such a step up with uh, and just professionalism and just any every general thing. Billy's been around forever and he's had success everywhere he goes. And it's been it's been really nice uh, to see that. I guess if I wanted, I, I did want to bring up Boylan just from, I know we've kind of dumped on him already, but it's, I, we do like to know just from like an outsider's perspective, <laughs> we have crapped on him so much. You guys, from the outsider perspective, if there's any like thing that you guys remember specifically about Boylan, just like we know, we know like the timeout stuff. Some of the quotes he had was ridiculous. Just like don't uh, forget, no, like, okay. also we- what? Go ahead, Ricky. He installed a punch clock in practice, so the players got yes. That's what I was gonna say. Day. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. The punch clock was just you know when coaches. I don't know if you guys played, but the. The coaches that do the metaphors and just go too, they go too big and they're trying to make a connection to life and basketball and really trying to have you buy into their system. The punch clock was just <laughs> amazing. You know, you're coming to work. You're coming to do work. That's all that I heard when I see the punch clock. So, yes. That was going to be mine. And that, you know, Chicago was just on fire. Like it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> That's just what I remember. And I'm so sorry. But you're you're on the other side. Yay. Billy's great. I think you guys should talk about it all you want to. It's like if it's like when your roommate has a bad 
boyfriend and then they break up and later friends come over and you're like, yeah, they broke up and your friends are like, guy kind of sucks. And you're like, okay, right? I know. He really yes, sucks. We so. can talk about it. Go ahead. Talk about it all you want. Um, when he got <laughs> let go, I think is when he said the thing about being a doctor, right? Do you guys remember that? He said that he didn't worry about what people who didn't coach critiqued him on in terms of coaching because he, you know, he's like, I'm not trying to be a doctor. Dude, yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I know you shouldn't almost get into <laughs> physical altercations with your patients. And I'm not a coach, but I know you shouldn't block the TV crew's view during games. There are so many things that that report that was like. Great call on that. That is just wild. I mean, the punch clock, the championship belt, right? That was a thing. Um, There There was, yes. That was definitely a thing. There was the Levine tension, which like never actually got became a physical fight there were definitely verbal altercations right okay yeah so yes. there's definitely verbal altercations yeah, he, yeah, yeah they like they had it. a thing they had a thing before like zach's biggest game of like his career uh he got benched like three like minutes into a game Boylan like called him out for like blowing defensive rotations or something and then they had to have like this chat after the game and then the next night zach put up like 50 points and hit a game-winning shot against the charlotte hornets and it was incredible that was against miami but then right? they just had like a weird I remember that game. Yes, the the Heat game. Yeah, yeah, that that was the game that he got benched, and they just got their ass whooped, like basically from the start. It was it definitely was not all his fault, but I think like Boylan tried to single him out. He was not happy about it, and they like I think almost came to blows. And then Zach responded like, "Is it like the best game of his career?" Uh, and they had just like a weird relationship the rest of the season. And like, and it was been written that like he, like, I think Zach was very professional about it. Like even after Boylan was fired. I think he really reached out to him, but like, I mean, you could just tell like all season, like the looks on his face when they would call, when he would call the late timeouts. The timeout that yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. And you would see that. He would be so mad. Oh. Like, what is the point? First of all, I'm mad that I'm here. Second of all, you're not even letting me leave. You're delaying the end of this horrible 30 point blowout. And he would, he wouldn't even be in the huddle. He would be so disconnected. <laughs> and I feel like Boylan, he was treating them like they were kids. Like it was a yep. JV team and not even respecting them that they were professional athletes. They have put in the work to be here. And, you know, benching them because of a defensive roca- rotation and singling them out, like that's what you do to kids so that they learn their lesson. And you can talk about it later in practice and you have these heart to hearts like we're over that you are paying me too much money for this. And so now they have a grown-up coach that will treat them like (laughs) professional athletes that they are and not have to micromanage them. And I think they are so, so much better off. I think that's that's it goes without saying. But yeah. All of it being public too is it it makes it makes it feel like a lot more of a child dynamic too. You know, like this is they're professional athletes. They are making way more money than you. You have to respect that the what the power dynamic is. They also have more lasting power in this game, depending on the athlete, especially if it's your franchise player. That's not necessarily been true with the Bulls, but like it's bad that it hasn't been true with the Bulls. Um, but making it public, and I think it was him who said that fine amount that Levine got, right? And that was also a huge issue with them. So that the public of it all is really mortifying, I would imagine, for a player who is at work and everybody has to see you at work all the time. That's very embarrassing. 
Yeah, I was. I didn't bring the, a thing. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I was going to bring up the mutiny. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, of <laughs> course. I didn't I love bring a up that yet. That was from a couple of years ago. The mutiny. Yeah, the mutiny, the near, um, I should call it the near mutiny. There was almost a mutiny after they lost by like 50 points to the Celtics. Uh, Ricky, go ahead with what you were going to say. Yeah, Jim Boylan lost the team in like 72 hours. The team quit on him after he became the head coach <laughs> in the middle of the season, like right away. They lost a game by 50, literally 50 or 60. Was it yeah. 60, Jason? They lost to the Celtics. It was like 56, I think, to and the And then Boylan yeah. had the famous quote where they asked him why he took the starters out in the early third quarter, and he's like, well – then we couldn't practice tomorrow, and that would be a double loss. And the players are like, fuck you, bro. We're not showing up to practice. We got three games in four days. And so that was just uh, – that, really, that was fun. And while, like, some suburban boomer fathers might have been mad at Zach for, like, uh, you know, not showing respect towards Boylan or whatever, I was like, that just means Zach's smart. Like, Boylan's an idiot. You shouldn't respect him. Thankfully, the Bulls are in a slightly better place now, whether they are back or not back. At least they aren't a true civic embarrassment to anyone who lives in our city. Uh, But I did want to talk about the good (laughs) basketball team we have in Chicago. There's only one of them. It's Chicago Sky. I know Jordan's done some writing on the WNBA before. I feel like the Sky are like maybe at the precipice of like kind of blowing up a little bit here. Uh, They signed Candace Parker. Mm -hmm. That's Arguably the biggest free agent move in WNBA history, or at least like recent WNBA history. She's a little bit older. I think she's 33 or 34, but she's still got game. Like in the bubble last year, I believe she was defensive player of the year. Uh, Still a productive offensive Mm -hmm. player. Uh, Very much like we should say that Thad Young is some Candace Parker in his game because she's like a very diverse skill set, right? Like pass, (laughs) score, does a little bit of everything. Swiss Army knife. Yep. Uh, how are we feeling about the Sky this year? Are the Sky an actual WNBA championship contender? And, like, you know, what, what's sort of the mood around the Ooh. Sky? What do you think? Ah, I'd love to talk about this. So the Sky for the past two seasons have really been on the cusp. They've made it to, you know, the WNBA playoff format is a little different, but they've made it to – the first and second rounds in uh, the last couple years and have been really close, but injuries were their biggest problems. Um, but every single year, you know, the, the WNBA media would say, they just need one more player. They just need one more person to add to this team who are – Amazing players. Their starting five is is wonderful. But Candace Parker is that person for this team. And I think that's going to take them over the edge um, and make them at least get to the finals. There's some really great teams out there. I don't know if they are going to win. But Candace Parker happy is even better than Candace Parker these last two seasons. Um Derek Fisher, I've gone on record saying, is a terrible coach. And that is the reason why Candace Parker left the Sparks. It's and No one has bag. said that, but <laughs> except for me. Um, there's no facts to that. But, well, it, there she wasn't definitely happy. being a bad she, coach is a fact. So carry on. That is a fact. That is a fact. And a lot of people, a lot of people left. So the Sparks were supposed to be championship contenders last year, and they didn't even get – uh, you know, through the second round of the playoffs. So Candace Parker, 
going to her hometown. She's going to finish her career in Chicago. And we are all rooting for an amazing season for her this year. Yeah, I really think this guy could be good. I mean, Courtney Vandersloot is their point guard. She is just unbelievable. And she's like a 10-year pro at this point. She's been around forever. I think she's been on this guy her whole career. But she is just incredible. And then she's married to Allie Quigley, who like grew up. She's yep. like my age. She grew up in the same suburb or close to the same suburb I did. Went to DePaul, went to school in the city. And now she has uh, been a staple of the sky for a while. So they are a little bit older. But they do have one really athletic player in Diamond DeShields. I don't know how uh, familiar you are with Diamond. But my like favorite. last year, Diamond left the bubble. I think she had an injury. I felt like she was like on the brink of superstardom. Mm -hmm. It does remind me the parallels a little bit with Levine, where it's like, at least the way I view it, she seems to me like one of the most athletic players in the league. Like she has all this natural talent, but it just needs to like coalesce with some experience and, you know, uh, coaching teammates. I think this guy have a really good coach in James Wade too. But I was curious if you have any thoughts on uh, Diamond this year and like are we finally going to get the diamond superstar mega breakout season that i've been hoping for we are all crossing our fingers that we have that season from diamond she has it in her and you know you mentioned james wade he was the coach of the year he has shaped this group to be so hungry uh to go further into the playoffs and i think diamond really is that key because if you take her out of the bubble that's what they were missing. They were missing that athleticism to keep up with faster, quicker guards. And you look at, you know, the Seattle Storm, who has Jordan Canada and Joel Lloyd, and those were the guards that they needed Diamond to Shield to, to stop and to go up against. So if you add her back this year with Allie Quigley, Courtney Vandersloot, Candace Parker, um, Gabby Williams, who is an amazing, uh, you know, role player for that team. It's going to be really, really hard to stop. But the bad thing about the WNBA is that every team is really good. <laughs> every team <laughs> is so stacked because all of this, there's only 12 teams. So all superstars are on every team. So what uh, Chicago has to do is continue to build on their bubble, um, their bubble season. They have an amazing coach. Use this momentum of Candace Parker coming into your franchise and and having her choose you. Candace could have went anywhere. She chose to go back to Chicago for her hometown and her, you know, the end of her season and and ride that wave. So I'm looking forward to all WNBA games, but especially a diamond Candace duo. Hell yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you have anything else, Jason, but I just had one more for Haley. Haley, I Hopefully I'm not wrong about this, but I believe you got your start working with my buddy, Mike Rutherford. At oh, my God. Yes. Louisville site, Card Chronicle. Yeah. So he let I got to write something. Rutherford is my boy. We work together. Go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead. I want to hear this. I did not know you guys were friends. Yeah, well, we just worked together, uh, you know, doing the SB Nation college basketball coverage. <laughs> not <for> friends. <laughs> seven or eight years, you know. <laughs> I, I consider us friends. We're friends. Well, Mike Rutherford's like famous and Close he's a enough. big deal. And like he has an ESPN radio show in Louisville or he did for a while. So he's the best. But I was just going to ask, wh who's your favorite Louisville player of all time? And uh, like, why isn't Russ Smith 
an all-star every year because I really thought Ross Smith was going to be super <laughs> sick when he was entering the draft. And unfortunately it hasn't really happened. Uh, Shout out to Mike because he helped me when literally, you know how it just takes like one person who you're like, will you please let me write a blog for you? And they're like, sure. And then it's a terrible blog and they still let you keep doing it. And he's just always been like such a great support, just extremely supportive, like didn't have to be that nice to me. It wasn't very good. You know, always showed an interest in everything. He's wonderful. Um, my favorite Louisville player ever is Francisco Garcia, of course. Although there are many options. Um, yeah, talking about Russ makes me think about the Louisville of old, which was very much like that we had three guards on the court at one time. And because of that and, and all of the like not highly rated prospects, we would never have – NBA talent and that's just how it was and my lives were very separate and it's kind of fun that they've merged with Donovan and Terry Rogier, but that that was a definitely a different time has to be Francisco Garcia who also was on the I said, shout out to he was, he was on the Garcia was on the final four team that lost to Illinois right I'm an Illinois I'm an Illinois guy so oh, I didn't I, know that I kind of remember that game yeah uh, so Francisco like yeah Garcia. that was like the last time Illinois was like like Illinois is good now. Like that was the last time Illinois was actually like really good was when they had D Brown, Darren Williams, Luther Head, and they beat Louisville. Who else was on that Louisville? Team? Okay, wait, what year Edgar was that? Sosa, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Do you guys remember the names like David was Padgett, uh, Terrence oh, yeah. Williams, too? Well, yeah, there was a bunch of great ones. That's a, that's the thing about yeah, when that you was, love college is that your players just kind of like fade into. I don't. You know, you're like, oh, they're insurance sales guys now or something you know i don't know i don't know what a so lot of them ju- are up ju- to but enough about luke hancock juice williams former illinois quarterback is like a <laughs> yeah it's great i mean use yeah, that say fame. Juice williams, the former illinois quarterback was a guy like that yeah exactly that's that used to be a, a very louisville thing like especially <laughs> in the rivalry with uk it was like well our guys are the ones who probably aren't going to go forward but you know, they're always like Louisville legends and it was very fun. And it's interesting how the the personality of the of the team, not like the specific team, but of just being a, a Louisville Cardinals fan has sh- really shifted because that's not entirely true anymore. I don't really think it's possible to survive in college basketball and have that be true now. But anyway, shout out, Mike. He's wonderful. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think we're, are we, are you good, Ricky? We good. We should have time to, uh, plug your guys's pod again. So I'll, I'll give the floor to you guys. Spencer's great new pod. I like I said, I've listened to all the episodes so far. Very entertaining. They take, do stuff different every episode so far. And it's been just a lot of fun. I love the call-ins as well at the, at the very end of the show. I loved, uh, the ants calling in in this new, ep- in this new episode that just came out that was, uh, hysterical. So I'll give you guys the floor to uh, plug Spinster's. Uh, we, our new basketball podcast is spinsters. We are two extremely curious NBA and WNBA fans who want to look into everything, tell stories, talk about what's going on now. We're bringing on contributors, uh, to tell stories for us. So if there's anything you want to hear in particular, we have email, we have a voicemail line, 
And yeah, we're, we're basically open to everything, but this is like a podcast that's feeding our passions and curiosities and the rabbit holes we want to go down all the time in basketball. Yes. Make sure to, to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're so good at saying that. We said that like 500 <laughs> times over the last three weeks. <laughs> I know. Can say that in my sleep. <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you guys coming on. This was this was awesome. This was uh, great to hear you guys input on the Bulls. Uh, we always love to get the national perspective. So we we me and Ricky ramble on about the Bulls enough. It's always great to get outside perspective on the Chicago Bulls now that they are maybe half back. I'll give them like half back right now. <laughs> half so, back. That's, I'm yes. pulling for them so in the play-in game. You guys, guys have, have put that in my mind. I've already yes. said I want the Knicks in the Thanks. play-in game. That 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 would be extremely fun. It would be. Yeah, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. All right. So thank you guys again uh, for us here at Cash Considerations. As always, I've got a shout out to Blue Wire Network. We are both, both our pods, part of the Blue Wire Network. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, Brooklinen. Great sheets, all that fun stuff. Uh, for us, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, for me and Ricky, you know where to find us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky's at SBN underscore Ricky. For the Bulls coming up out of the All-Star break, they got the Sixers on Thursday. We'll be doing a live locker room pod after that game. Uh, the Bulls should hopefully win with no Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, so we will talk to you guys next time after that. Thanks again for to Haley and Jordan and the Spinsters pod coming on. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.